What if I said God's position on election has nearly everything to do with how the family will learn and discern in the greatest crisis to come? Yeah, election, predestination, chosenness, called out, however we term it. God has his set times. So let's learn how God's position on election will impact how the Forerunner family will survive and thrive in the tumultuous days ahead. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. Let me say it this way. If Bible-believing, God-fearing men in our generation, if we, if we give in to the undermining and the emasculation perpetrated by the 21st century culture, I believe we'll be absent the prophetic insight necessary for the days leading to the Lord's return. The chosen voice, ordained to speak into the family. In short, men, we must reestablish our long-absent priestly position in the home and embrace our divine assignment. We're chosen. We're predestined by, by God to be a voice to the family and, and the nations as we come to the end of this age. This is not politically correct language I'm using here. Maybe, I, I don't know, perhaps I'll be canceled. I'll take my chances. Men, God has elected us, and he's marked us. He's put a big bullseye on our chest. He's called us for a chosen leadership role in the home we've been so discouraged from accepting and little prepared for discharging. I want to take some time today to talk about the the personal strategies, the, the up-close personal stuff that'll be necessary to lead in our homes and communities in this transitional generation. Strategies that must be developed now because plans put off to later will be ineffective, yes, even perhaps fatal. The pressures are coming to some degree. They're already here. The days are underway when comedic sitcoms, TV dramas, commentators, pundits, and the the woke social agendas are carefully instructing us on what's acceptable behavior that we must uh, somehow justify our right to be here and proceed with extreme caution or be canceled and eventually eliminated from the journey. Look around, pundits. How's that all working out? You know, interestingly, as, as modern educators introduce youngsters to lifestyle decisions that not even adults should have to make, and children are being removed from any hope of clinging to moral spiritual values, Many men are remaining silent. In fact, a a lot of people are remaining silent. My friends, men in the home must be the bearers of God's absolute, and they must have voices, willing to teach and pray with their families and impart God's wisdom, no matter the cost. I predict wives will accommodate and support such a dramatic shift. So what will dictate the strategy in the midst of aggressive social media agendas and and great political divides? The answer is pretty direct. God's right to choose. God chose man from the very beginning, in the garden, all the way back to the garden. He, He started with man, and he elected him to lead the way. And he's going to end with a man, the man Christ Jesus. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. 
even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now, let me say something here that might shed some light on this whole issue of election. You see, election is not some arbitrary issue of admission or exclusion, as if God's saying, some of you I like, some of you I'm just not crazy about, so I'm going to exclude you from my very best. No, no. Election is based on the fact that he's already determined to reject the rejecters of that election. If you determine that godly call to leadership is not in your wheelhouse, that you'll leave that to your wife or, or someone else, God will have a problem with that, and you risk deep ramifications for you and your family. So it's entirely necessary you respond to that chosenness, to not reject his decision to elect and call you to lead to set the spiritual standard in the home and, and lead your family in righteousness, his purpose, his, his eternal destiny. God has an order that was set up before the foundation of the world. He, he knows what works, so don't reject what works. And listen to me, that order is sure to be a setup in your mind and in your heart, an argument as whether God had any right to choose and predestine you in the first place. The powers of darkness, demonic forces, are dead set on you not responding to the covenants of God. The psalmist says it this way, God will choose our inheritance for us. My brothers, your family is a major portion of your inheritance. This is an issue of creational and redemptive sequence. He made man first, and he's chosen to deal with man first. It's not the man is somehow better. It's just that when God chose to break through spiritually in the earth, he begins with a man. There's another thing we got to pursue. Get on the offensive. Warriors get bloodied. I know this sounds like another man thing, but when you think about it, we've been on the parade ground seems forever in full military dress singing onward Christian soldiers. Well, listen, God's saying, get on the battlefield. God's looking for spiritual heroes, men and women who in a moment in time are ready to act, pray, intercede, have a prophetic word on a need that's much greater than their own. People who desire to make a statement in the kingdom. Listen, the degree of the attacks on your life are in direct proportion to the degree of the call on your life, the chosenness of your life. Here's Jesus' exchange with Peter in, in Luke chapter 22. Peter, Peter, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you, I've chosen you, you're predestined, that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers." You know, 50 days later, Peter was preaching to the masses and seeing thousands come into the kingdom. When you have fully put on your armor, gotten off the parade ground and into the battle, you'll quickly come to your foreordained chosen ministry anointing. 
Some battles are won by praise rather than warfare. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, the Moabites and the Ammonites were about to come in rage against Jehoshaphat. So what did the priests do? They stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And Jehoshaphat appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise Him in holy attire as they went before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for His steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the enemies. Church, praise with singers, with instruments. Let let your voice be heard in the heavenlies. Praise continually. Praise in the midst of trial. And praise when the trial is over. Let's pray. Great and awesome are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who who shall not worship you, Lord, and, and glorify your name? Father, give us your voice in this season like never before. Yes, your song. Give us the song of the Lord for the coming days, that we might sing of your mercies which endure forever. And may it be our song you hear at your coming. Praise be to you, Lord God. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Maranatha, beloved. I'm Bill Nordstrom.